The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Crisis for the geek kind. Top geek officials admit they underestimated the hipster's defense capability. Join the revolution and save the galaxy. Geeks from all over the globe are joining up to fight for the future. They're doing their part. Are you? Want to know more? Join Weeby Geeks and the Geek Revolution and save the world. Service guarantees citizenship. Want to know more? Do not attempt to adjust your device. This is a streaming freedom audio bulletin. It cannot be traced, it cannot be stopped, and it is the only free voice left in the Geek Revolution. And welcome to another episode of Weeby Geeks. It is the Dashing Duo, Derek and myself, Mike. Um, hey, Derek, it's almost Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, well, we've had some great horror, independent horror films lined up. Uh, but what was it? About two weeks ago, we had a crew from the movie Death Drop Gorgeous. Oh, yeah. Very eye-opening experience for us. And a great film. Um, but you know, I did it again, just in time for Halloween. We have Christian Nielsen and Eric Tabak from uh, Dashcam, and I will say it was a fun little film to watch. Definitely kept me on my toes. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well. Excited to be here. Good. I'm great. <laughs> Thank you for having us. So Christian's director and producer. Eric is actor and producer on this. Uh, Eric, you're, I believe you're the one of the main characters, or the main focus of the film, right? Yes, yes, yes. So, Derek, you, you mm-hmm. got a chance to see it, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the film, if you can. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you the quick log line of it. So it, it, it's a psychological thriller that follows Jake, who is a news editor at a local news station, but really he dreams of being a a reporter. And he's working on what he believes is going to be a cut and dry story about a traffic stop gone wrong uh, that led that uh, led to the death of of uh, the police officer on duty and the passenger who was a, a former attorney general in the state of New York, but both of them end up dead. And, uh, the main character, Jake is accidentally sent footage that he's not supposed to have access to that tells a very different story than the one that's being being projected in the news. And so he uses his skills as an editor to analyze the footage and investigate whether or not, uh, something, uh, might be afoot and uh yeah it's uh it's it's it's, it's a, a a tight thriller that that is a a mixture of the screen life genre that we've been seeing more and more of but also your your more conventional uh political thriller in the style of of, of some of my favorite uh 1970s films i also caught a little vibe of uh enemy of the state gene hackman um will smith in it as well yeah, yeah, that, that, that's that's a good call. So, um, 
What made you decide to go this direction? Or what made y'all decide to go this direction uh, with the film? Well, you know, Eric and I had this absurd thing happen to us earlier in the summer. Actually, Eric, do you want to tell that story? Uh, yeah, well, we became uh, blockbuster producers. Basically, we created the number one box office movie in America, uh, June 2020, right? June? June 10th, 2020. June 10th, 2020. We had the number one box office movie in America. We created a loophole. Uh, we basically... Uh, figured out mostly Christian figured out this specific loophole. I was, just, I called Christian and said, Hey, how do we make the number one box office movie in America? Cause no one's making big movies right now. No one's making money. And so Christian figured out this thing called four walling where he was like, we could rent a theater for almost nothing because of COVID and uh, buy out every single seat. And then that money goes right back into our pocket. So if we have five showings of a movie, we can report five sold out uh, uh, um, screenings. And that's what we did. And then we reported those numbers to, uh, to uh, box office mojo, IMDB and to uh, uh, a few other websites. And then, once they reported those numbers, we were officially the number one box office movie in America. And then uh, after a couple of days, the uh, different uh, news uh, outlets picked up the story. After the Washington Post, it was just like everywhere. And uh, it was this crazy thing that everyone was talking about. And they were like, oh, look at these two guys trying to you know, break into Hollywood when, when they saw an opportunity. Um, but the film that we made was, was mostly made for the stunt. And so then... You know, we, we got some attention and some producers uh, came up to Christian and were like, hey, do you want to make a full feature length film uh, during this <laughs> pandemic? And how would you make it and what would the story be? And then Christian just wrote a script and we went for it and just again, you know, out of nowhere, just like with nothing, tried to make a movie and, and grab onto whatever opportunities came our way. Yeah, so that, that initial film was called Unsubscribe, and it was uh, a, a real, it was a, a true screen life film about a Zoom call. Um, it was almost like a, a, if, if a Zoom Zoom call meets Rear Window, and uh, like Eric Eric said that uh, that film was really made for the stunt. And so when producers reached out to us to say, "Hey, do you want to make a feature film version of that idea?" I kind of counter pitched something that I thought was, was a, a stronger concept. And that was uh, dash cam. So it was uh, shot really still very early on in the pandemic, really sag uh, sag. Wasn't really sure how production guidelines were, and, and COVID protocols, what that even looked like. New York city was barely even handing out permits at that point. So we were really trying to figure out how do we make a movie as uh, as scrappy as it was um, in a time when, when production was really difficult to get off the ground. And that's that's also why the film is is what it is, really. Is like we, we had these unique challenges, and so we were trying to figure out how do we how do we build a story around that. So things like Jake, uh, who, who Eric portrays, he's never seen with another actor on set because we weren't allowed to. And so that every, everyone he's interacting with is suddenly through the computer. Um, when, whenever we had to, um, all, all the, 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 um, aspects of the film that really build in that paranoia, we, we couldn't actually show those things because we couldn't have people on set. So you, it's, it's, it's all very audio heavy, um, uh, design all because we, we were trying to figure out how do we tell a story that is as strong as possible and, and use some of these, uh, obstacles, um, and use them almost as strengths. Okay. So it was very clever the way you did all that, and um, when you when you just mentioned all that, 
I was thinking of of the way the movie ended, and uh, now that makes a lot of sense too. Yeah. yeah, I mean the ending. The ending was 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 a tough one because you want you want to have a, a, as big of an ending as you, as you possibly can. But again, in that world, like we we couldn't have other actors on set. Also, the the movie was made at a uh, a a micro budget if if, if there ever was one. Uh, so yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it, there, there were a lot of limitations, but but but, but trying to to make as much uh, much out of it as we could. Yeah, for people who are wondering the ending of the movie, I get abducted by aliens, and because of our micro budget, they don't look super believable. But that's, it's, that's it's a joke. Joke. I don't know. I thought they were kind of believable. Those, those were aliens. The green screen suit. <laughs> yeah, th- th- those were aliens. I, mean, I thought they were zombies. Alien. <laughs> alien zombies. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Um. I guess we'll we'll just go ahead and, and ask now. How spoiler do y'all want to go with the film? Uh, has it been released yet? Is it? Yeah, the the, fi- the film was released digitally October nineteenth. Okay. Uh, or sorry, October eighteenth or nineteenth. Uh, and, and it's a, it's available on pretty much every paid uh, streaming site that 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 there is. We're on iTunes. We're on Vudu. Uh, Google Play, Microsoft, yeah, and anywhere where you're able to to rent or purchase um, your video content, you'll be able to to find our film. Okay. So, how spoiler would y'all like to go with this? Do we want to keep some suspense, some mystery? I mean, you know your audience more than I do. I've seen it. I've seen the film. Uh, oh, we've seen the film. But, uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, as, as far as, as we, can, we can go as, as as deep into this as you'd like. Okay. I, I guess that's a, that's a pretty fair spoiler warning that we just gave. So, and if people are sticking around past this, it's, it's their own fault. Well, then I'll do this. Spoiler alert. Per- perfect. They, they've been warned. <laughs> so, um, right, so when the aliens did show up at the end and you started dancing with them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that the, the choreography was actually the the dance choreography was done by uh, um, uh, Derek Huff. So that we were we were really you know <laughs> grateful that he was able to do this. He's a friend of mine, so he did it for no no pay whatsoever. I love it. <laughs> so I. I'm kind of curious, uh, being, being an audio engineer myself and, and seeing, um, being somewhat familiar with, with the, with the Adobe Premiere, uh, that you were using, uh, what was it working, working within the software? Was it difficult to, to learn to do it for the film or is it stuff that you are, um, familiar with outside of acting? Um, I'll let Eric take that one. Yeah. Wait, so uh, sorry, I thought the question was for Christian at first, so no, now no, I need no, to reprogram no, my what's, brain. What's interesting, what's interesting <laughs> is that Eric wasn't doing any of that stuff. Eric yeah. was interacting with a blue screen the entire for the entirety of the film. Oh, okay, wow. yeah, there was nothing there. It was all imagination. But because I knew editing, like I'm very like editing is something I feel very very comfortable with, and I've done it for so long. It was it was it was surprisingly easy to uh, just envision exactly what was on the screen. I, I I almost had photographic memory of what a premiere layout looked like, um, okay. and was able to just kind of act with that. Christian would guide me through it at sometimes and like read through the stage directions and explain what was going on, and then I just had to kind of envision it. And then sometimes we would do completely silent takes um, where I was just going at my own pace. But it was really easy to kind of fall into that world. Um, so. 
yeah, uh, I think uh, I was impressed with how much I could imagine on a screen. And if any any Marvel casting directors are out there, uh, I think I could do a really good job imagining way bigger things. Well, I mean, what's what's great well, is that when Eric first saw the film, like when he first saw the completed film, it was the first time that he was able to. And Christian's the one that froze. Huh. <laughs> I thought he was just keeping us in suspense. I know. Well, I wonder if this is like a part of the movie. Like this feels, <laughs> this feels pretty eerie. Maybe he's. It's oh, the government. Oh, he's back. Oh, there yeah, he is. Sorry. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna uh, switch. Turn, turn my video off here just to get a stronger connection. Uh, but yeah, I never even I got to see what the 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 realized story looks like until until it all came together and you could. Uh, up until that that point, I think he was just kind of blindly trusting that uh, that I had a vision for it. Well, in that case, uh, I have to say, Eric, yeah, you, I had you no really idea, did a good job. Because... Thank you. I mean, I had no idea what Christian's vision was. He could have been putting anything on that screen. You know, in the end, I could have watched that movie and it could have been absolutely <laughs> anything. So I'm glad right. that it was just premiere and that it all worked. Yeah, I, I found it very believable. I, I never yeah. really guessed that that's how he shot it. See, I, I was on there. I, I, I felt like y'all were doing it real time and be able to have that scenario. Well, okay, we could go back, restep the process. Yeah, no, not at all. Even even like the conversations, like all those FaceTime conversations, like some of those conversations didn't even happen live. Um, whenever Eric is, ta- whenever the character Jake is talking to his boss, Tim Webb, um, those were filmed on completely different days so they they were they were actually oh. never actually wow. interacting with each other it was all it was all built to um uh, to to appear that way movie magic yeah i love it that's awesome we uh it, it's where you're what third or fourth film that this is this that is we've my- talked to that has been filmed Sorry. in the early part of the pandemic Oh yeah, the pandemic. Yeah, and, and it's it's wild on how each each film had a different approach and different um different set on how they were going to do things. Yeah, it's very interesting. So um so one uh, I don't remember the name of the film it was last year. They did it where the entire film was shot with the two actors communicating through uh, Skype or FaceTime and whatnot. Um, so I, I found it interesting with this approach, a lot of blue screen, a lot of filling in afterwards. It was Is that more of uh, the restrictions that New York imposed on you guys? Well, I mean, at that point, it was really just it was it was more of just the safety measures that everyone was taking. Um, it, it wasn't so much that the state of New York was saying you, you, you can't you can't have people in each other's space. I think it was everybody's own comfort level of, of what they uh, were were willing to, to participate in. So we we, had, we were lucky to have Larry Fezenden. Um, he, he portrays the the attorney general character whose whose death really uh, is the inciting incident for uh, for much of the story. Um, when, when he was, he was down to be in the film, but he had just said like, I, I don't want to have to be interacting with other people. So his characters, he never, his character never leaves the car. Uh, we were able to pre, um, mic and pre light the interior of the car. And so, so that we were never going to be in his space and we're able to film that in the safest way possible. This was, again, this was really early on and, um, everyone for everyone, including us, safety was, was top of mind. And so everything that we were filming, uh, was along those lines. When, when we cast, uh, the actress that plays, uh, Mara, Jake's girlfriend, we just sent a a pretty simple video setup so that she could film this 
um, from the comfort of her own home and never be in in the space of somebody uh, and, and potentially get sick. So um, it, it, there, there were things that, that SAG had uh, required that we do um, in, in the making of the film, but I would say most of the precaution was really born out of um, what I would say is more like more common sense safety at that point for us. Okay. Was it difficult coming up with ways to, to uh, do all of that? Yeah, I mean, what makes it more challenging, I think, was the idea that we were in one space for 80, 85% of the film. How do you capture one room and never repeat a shot and never make it feel stale? And so there was a lot of thought going into how do we break these pieces up? Uh, that's when we started working in those bathroom scenes, and then some of that was was, was improvised by by Eric. But yeah, it, it was all about how do we keep this fresh, and how do we have a movie that is with one character in one room that doesn't feel repetitive. And and while it was a, a, a challenge, I really credit uh, Eric for for really being able to have his performance um, kind of float that uh, that concept by. But yeah, it, it definitely were challenges. Yeah, I would say I would say you did a successful job too. It, yeah. I, the movie is very, very gripping. I found myself um, even even watching the parts with the edit, the the editing and everything, and piecing the puzzle together. I was very very uh, very into interested, very, very into the movie. I mean that, that, that that's great to hear. What we've been joking is that if people didn't enjoy the suspense, they had le- they at least learned how to sing sounds <laughs> in Adobe Premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose so. Yeah. Dashcam presents three YouTube tutorials on Adobe Premiere. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and to be honest, I didn't know how to do uh, multicam uh, editing until I watched, until my editor showed me that sequence. And I was like, oh, that's how you do multicam stuff. <laughs> that, that was cool. That, that was cool to see. I Being an audio guy, it, it was something I never thought of. Um, so I may need to get Adobe Premiere to edit some of our YouTube videos for the future. Yeah, they should really be be our sponsor of our film. I feel like at, at this point we've given them so many plugs. Um, what was one of the hardest things to do filming uh, during the pandemic? Yeah, Eric, you want to take that one? Um, I mean, acting with n- no one or like over FaceTime is very different than acting uh in person, you know, there's there's a very different energy. So to tell a whole movie without really having any human interaction is super different. And I think like the also like the the, the I mean, if you know if you study Meisner or any of these things, it's all about like really like playing off of other people's energies and all that. And it's really mm-hmm. dulled down when you're doing things over FaceTime and stuff like that. And so you really have to like overcompensate and and try and like gain inspiration and energy from places other than the other actors sometimes. Um, and also, yeah, like there's also like certain scenes that you can't incorporate other people that would enhance performance or make it easier for you. Like I really struggled with, there's one scene that, uh, I remember afterwards, Christian, I had to shoot it so many times and I was like, I swear, like I'm going to Juilliard, I'm quitting acting and I need to go get trained again. Um, and it was this scene where I like come in and my whole apartment is robbed. Um, and, and like, there's nothing to play off. It's hard to play off of that because it's not like there's people or like, it's not a visible threat. It's like a post process. And that, that comes from not being able to have like, you know, a scene where I'm actually threatened or I see some person or something like that. It's very much like we had to go abstract with it. And, 
so moments like that are, are really, uh, were really challenging, but you know, it was great. There was like so much I learned from it. And Christian had like, uh, the ultimate feat, like first time directing a feature to have to direct an actor that's just acting off a screen the entire time is, uh, and he did a great job and I, I felt like I was in good hands the entire time. Yeah, if, if acting is reacting, then it's it's really complicated when suddenly you're dealing with a bandwidth delay from the person you're speaking to over Zoom. <laughs> um, and so it, it uh, to, to me, this film is really a testament to to Eric's ability uh, as an actor, because uh, I think watching this film, the audience really leans in the entire time um, and they really feel for for his journey. And yeah, he's he's he had very little that he was interacting with. Like it, when when you see the look on his face of, of discovery, it, there was nothing in front of him then. Like the, it, it to me, like it is. Uh, huh. Yeah, it's it, he did an incredible job. Definitely, I Aww, think, I think maybe uh, maybe you guys can uh, think about maybe teaching a course or something. Oh, he's the, he's the master. I can't do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I can't give anyone my secrets. <laughs> it's competitive enough. <laughs> Good point. It, it is a dog eat dog world out there, but I, I think it's been great though. You know, uh, independent films you know, with the pandemic have been striving more than um, than the the mainline studios. Yeah, I think that there's there's an argument to uh, to being able to be nimble and scrappy. Studios are dealing with with um, huge staffs, huge budgets. Um, it, it's it's hard to turn around a, a ship that is that massive to to uh, create something on the fly that um, takes advantage of of. Um, again, like that, that scrappiness. But I think a lot of filmmakers in similar positions to Eric and I saw a moment and uh, an ability to to tell interesting stories in different ways, leaning into the the, the difficulties of those moments uh, to tell interesting stories. I remember when we when we first started working on this film, we thought, oh, well, it's going to be great when we make this film because nobody else is making a movie. We're going to come out next year and nobody else is going to have a movie. And that's not the case mm-hmm. at all. There are so many, like so many filmmakers, so many micro budget films uh, came out of this moment. We were so wrong. There, there are two dash cams that are out right now. Like, like there's, there's so many oh, yeah. uh, innovative filmmakers that, that took advantage of a, a rare moment. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm proud that we're a part of that group. Yeah. I, I know uh, when I went, Looking initially, the other dash cam uh, takes place around a wedding. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. I, I haven't know. seen it. I just seen the the write up, and I'm like, okay, yeah. this is this is interesting. This is not what I'm looking for. I appreciate that you called them the other dash cam because I feel like we've gotten the nickname of the other dash cam uh, because that one's a oh, really house. <laughs> Well, because that's a, that's a oh, yeah. like they, they, they had yeah, ten tons right. of funding that that we had for hours. Um, we're, we're we're so small mm-hmm. in comparison, even though they, they were a relatively small film too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I appreciate I appreciate you you giving them the title other dash cam. Call it like I see it. That's it. Yep. So um, exactly. I I love I think where I really got in into the film and was catching starting to catch the twist a little bit of. Um, of Jake, yes, of Jake, was when 
I didn't catch it initially when, when Tim did his lines uh, for Jake to record. And then um, all of a sudden get to the gunshots. It's like, wait, no, Tim said there were six. That's right. And then as soon as I thought that y'all go back and play, you know, it's Jake playing. There were six shots, like, but the video shows five. Yeah. So, so I figured, okay, where's that sixth shot? Are, are we going um, potentially uh, as y'all were thinking, you know, sniper with maybe a, a silencer where from a distance you wouldn't have heard it um, type scenario. And then all of a sudden you pull up the, the autopsy photos with the eight. I'm like, okay, I'm really hooked into this conspiracy, you know, potential conspiracy theories going on. And, and y'all sold, set up and sold that well. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah it, it was all about build, building up that tension and giving the audience little pieces of information and some, some pieces that don't even add up, I think was, was important to us. Um, when I was, when we were first working on the film, I, was, I kept on describing it to, to the actors as it's a story where sometimes our expectations of reality can cloud that reality. Um, and an example being uh, when uh, Jake sees his girlfriend's friends' Halloween costumes, he miss like he misunderstands what their con- what their costume is because of what he thinks of them. And so right. that's that's a theme that we that we that we explore a lot in the in, in this film. Um, he sees a Facebook photo and, and he thinks it means something that, that it doesn't mean. And so when he's putting together the, the, the mystery, also playing with that idea of is Jake the best I to be putting together this this um, this story? It was right. what we, we had a lot of conversations early on where Jake is a great editor, but maybe Jake's not the best reporter. Maybe he's not the best investigator. Um, and so that like playing with that dichotomy of, of somebody that's really skilled at one half of this mystery, but maybe he's falling short on the other. So it, mm. it almost seems like y'all were um, foretelling without realizing kind of where society is now with they're they're overreacting and, and and putting into it what they want to see instead of the looking at the entire picture. Like when well, I, I like with the Facebook wrong, pictures. Right. Yeah, I wouldn't say that we were unaware of that. I feel like we, we, we were we were extremely aware of that. What we what we weren't aware of is like the the week that the film came out, the the real uh, governor of New York uh, was uh, accused oh. of, of of a bunch of crimes, and so it's like those were the coincidences that we didn't foresee. Like we, we always knew we were telling a story about the media having its own narrative and people creating stories right. and making stories um, that that fits their own agenda or their own narrative. What we didn't know was how relevant uh, the, <laughs> some some other pieces w- would be when we were making it. Well, I, I so did. you didn't have any black SUVs following you, did you? Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> well, <laughs> Eric is in an Uber, so yeah, yes. <laughs> and he said, you know, "That's your pre-show." He said he did one interview where he was in three different locations. So, <laughs> is there something we should know, Eric? I'm I'm now out of an Uber and currently getting dressed up as Freddie Mercury to uh, go to a huh. Halloween Halloween event. Ah, <laughs> very cool. Nice. <laughs> if anyone wa- if anyone watches this movie and they're like, oh, I didn't know Rami Malek did this, then um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there is a new movie Rami Malek did called Dash Cam. You should go check it out. Is that legal to say? <laughs> I don't know. That's not true. <laughs> hey, that's a good question. Hey, Rami Malik look alike. There we go. There we go. That works. There we go. Yeah. All right. 
Um, so I, I did want to say without spoiling anything at the end, um, when I was watching the movie and I was sitting there trying to think, I'm like, I don't, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what they're, what's going to happen. And then, so I was pleasantly surprised with the way it ended. Um, because I like, I like sometimes in my movies, I like, uh, let's say darker endings. Mm. So I really enjoyed the way you end. Thank thank you. One of the things that I wanted to do in this story, also like I didn't ever want to see Jake with another person in the same shot. Mm. That was a goal of ours when we were, when we first set out to tell the story of, we wanted it to really only be Jake that we're ever with. And so when, even when you play by those rules, we, it really does limit how a story like that could end. But I also kind of felt like in, in the time that we were making this film, it definitely, I, at least for me, I, I, there was a sense of sometimes it just doesn't work out. Sometimes, uh, no matter how hard you wish something's gonna gonna happen, um, you just get stuck, and, uh, and 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 we don't all get a happy ending. And 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 so, yeah, that was that was a part of it. And so some people have have complained that maybe the, the ending was a bit abrupt. But for me, like that, that felt appropriate for a movie like that, that that when you get stomped out, you get stomped out hard and you get stomped out quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. I agree. I had no problems with the ending. I, it's no, I, I for me, I found it interesting. We starting to see uh, like, like we talked about earlier with the Facebook pictures and how Jake reacts to that. Um, and it's making his girlfriend question. Am I really with the right guy at this point? To the way he he's going beyond being the editor and now dreaming of trying to steal the story from Tim to make it his own to get his big break and maybe be a double threat where I could do the do the story and edit it myself uh, type scenario to how the more he gets into it, the, the more he's starting to crack or starting to um, almost go Shining-esque, so to speak, where he's starting to see his own things within it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And, and then the ending just comes right back to, uh, I think we, we talked about a little like enemy of the state type vibes, like, but in reverse, where the good guy doesn't necessarily come out so good in the end. <laughs> Yeah, and and I loved it. It's like all of a sudden Tim's changing his story, and then we hit like a in other news we have this. Yeah, and and I, yeah. and I loved I loved that whole twist. And I also love that it the report didn't specifically come out and say it. So you're like you're under the assumption of what happened, but we you don't actually have the facts to back that up. We we, yeah, we know yeah, you're playing the same you're playing the same the same game that Jake was playing. Of mm-hmm. I have very limited information. I'm going to make an assumption about what that means. Yeah, right. I like that was good. That was really good. Now I I I think when when we see Jake go to the hanging tree and he he mm. gets his final discovery and in that moment there when we see him crack, I, I think that <laughs> that tells it all and, and makes the you know some people say the climax may be a little earlier in the film. I think that was the climatic part. Um, I loved how it, it's so near the end. And uh, that it, it keeps you keeps you in, involved and, and enthralled a lot longer into a film than most psychological thrillers do. And, and I love that aspect. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you came to it. So, um, silly question. Any chance of a sequel? Just kidding. Any chance of a sequel? Uh, you know what? <laughs> we have, we got, uh, I don't know if it would be a sequel, but we, we are talking about, uh, is this the last we'll see of Jake? But uh, I, I, don't, uh, I, I don't know. It's a little, ah. a little too early to tell. Ooh. 
<laughs> it does put an interesting thought. Maybe there. See now, here we go pulling the Jake. Maybe there's a full black <laughs> ops scenario, and the body is a fake body just to throw people off. And now Jake's working for whoever sent him the the uh, the videos he wasn't supposed to see, and he's working. Yeah, maybe, and he's working maybe, for maybe them. Maybe you should maybe you should help us write it. Yeah. I'm down for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll start training. I'll start training now. I'd love to do a little black ops, or black ops work. Yeah, recruited Jake into so bad crazy missions. So bad at it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, pract- I'd practice my black ops missions in the mirror. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, is that is that your rearview mirror or is that compact mirror? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. uh, we stumped him. Um, <laughs> what, what's been the critics' response uh, to the film so far? Do you know, the, the critic, the response that we got has actually been quite positive. Um, we we yeah. really didn't know when we released the film. But we the, the nature of how we shot it. There were so few eyes on the film until it got released. Um, mm. And yeah, critics have been really kind. I think they they really connected to what we were doing. They 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 saw the story we were looking to tell, and um, I think they they recognized that that, that maybe we did we did a good job pulling it, pulling it off. Uh, the audience response is always is always difficult. What makes this one especially difficult is because there's another movie called Dashcam right, right. now. Um, we've oh, noticed yeah. that there's a good amount of people are finding our film thinking it's the other one, and um, they they don't. Like I feel like the number one, like if 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 we have just one response from audiences, it, it's I watched the wrong movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I'll take your four ninety nine. I will Damn. say we watched the right movie. But then again, Clint at October Coast, uh, who's been real good to us, um, made sure he sent us the right right screener to watch. So yeah, well, props to to Clint to Clint. Props to that whole team. They're they're a great team. Yeah. Um, if for some reason y'all had to change the name of the movie, what would y'all what would y'all change it to? I don't know. What, what do you think, Eric? What's that? What's our alternative title? Actually, before 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 you answer that, Eric, what what's your title? I, I have my own, but I want to hear yours. Ooh. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Well, I think maybe uh, it's been mentioned before when you. You said this was the real dash game. <laughs> well, yeah, to do that, like filmation with the real Ghostbusters. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, nice and simple. <laughs> I don't know. I would, other option could be f- five, six, or eight. Yeah. Because, what about you, Eric? What do you uh, do, we, do we lose him to putting his Freddie Mercury in Austin? No, I'm here. I'm here. I'm thinking. <laughs> I would call it. We're saying we're saying we're changing the name because of the the the, the incident of two two of the same names. Yes. Yeah, yeah. If you had, um, if you had to alter them, if you had I to change call, them, I, I, w- I would call it a cam dash. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. <laughs> and the people with dyslexia like me wouldn't even know the difference. <laughs> they would just assume uh-huh. it says dash cam. <laughs> um, the, the, the title that I that I pitched out. The thing is, we didn't we didn't know that there was another dash cam until we premiered at Popcorn Frights Film Festival in in Florida. Um, so it was already mm. too late, but, uh, I, I had said that if we had known what was going on, I would have changed the title to the night editor. Oh, oh not bad. Not is bad. that better? I don't know, but not taken. <laughs> it's intriguing though. Yeah. The night editor brought to you. So Adobe premiere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So have you taken anything from making this particular type of movie during the pandemic that you might use 
when making other movies? Uh, I think the big lesson is no more screen movies uh, is a big one. Um, they're 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 not easy to pull off, and, and to make them look <laughs> realistic, it's 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 a real real challenge. Um, but for me, I mean, Eric and I. Although made... although to cut in to cut in, you you did an incredible job, and in the editors and the whole team, because everyone I've watched the movie with has been like, this it's insane how believable the screen and the whole like interface is that, that like it really does feel when you're watching it like you're on a computer so like even though that is a insanely challenging and frustrating process like i think you did achieve it very well i agree thank you. Yeah. yeah thank you yeah um sorry what was the question repeat the question uh did you learn anything well, doing this learning. yeah i mean it's not so much about this film but when when eric and i made unsubscribe the short film that was the number one movie in the u.s no one got to see that film in theaters <laughs> like we, even though we had rented out a theater and like we sold out five screenings it was because we bought all the tickets and this film too we've played in a lot of film festivals most of them were virtual we're actually in the Fantasy Film Fest right now in Germany, but with, with everything going on, we weren't able to, oh, wow. to attend. So uh, neither of us have ever gotten to see our films with an audience. So uh, if there's one thing that I could take or I could, I could get out of the next experience is I'm really excited to share a cinematic experience with an audience. I feel like ever since I was a little kid and, and dreamt of making films, I feel like that was to me, like that's where I would, that's where I always imagined like getting the feeling of, Oh, Oh, I made it. I, I did it. Um, and, and we haven't had that opportunity yet uh, with, with the pandemic still ongoing. Um, but yeah, I, I would say as, as we look towards the future, that that's a big one for me. Yeah. Favorite moments in the film for you guys? Well, my, actually, my favorite moment happened off screen. It was when um, we were using a, a fog machine in a park <laughs> and we were just pumping out fog. And we had about a dozen FDNY fire trucks swarm the park thinking that uh, <laughs> thinking that we were burning it down. Um, and, uh, yeah, the thing is we should have, we, we turned up the cameras because we were terrified, but we should have filmed it because <laughs> that would have been the highest level of production value that we ever had. And we could have had an ending <laughs> where like Jake was swarmed by police. Um, and people would have been like, wow, how did they afford that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really? Did you ask them to spray down the area y'all were filming to get thicker fog afterwards? No. Uh, in that moment, I think we were all just like quietly shitting ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> That's understandable. Um, my uh, my favorite moment, and then I got to run because my uh, real girlfriend, not Georgia, not mm. not the girlfriend from the movie, my real girlfriend <laughs> is is staring at me asking when we're going to go <laughs> do this Halloween event. <laughs> um, but you guys have been great before I, I, I do answer oh, this and you. go like, this has been so fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, my favorite moment was actually, so the, I think this was like the first day on set. Uh, it was that mirror scene where I freak out uh, because everything is in shambles and I'd lost my story. And uh, Christian just told me on to just like start improvising and we just rolled for, I don't know what, like 20 minutes or 10 minutes. Yeah. I don't know how long to me, it felt like an hour and I'm just staring at this mirror and saying nonsense and like freaking out. And, um, 
I, I remember being like, that was the first time I like felt like I had discovered like a little bit of that character. Cause at the time I still like, wasn't sure what we were doing and we were playing around. And so I felt like, uh, that was really fun for me. And like, like Christian giving me that freedom to just like be in this bathroom and like, you know, do whatever and see what happens without any pressure was really, really great. Uh, but the best part was that I discovered during that experience that I'm actually a terrible sound guy. Uh, because this was an extreme indie project, I was also doing sound. Like I was making sure my mic was rolling and that I was cutting and that, you know, we were, <laughs> we were doing all that. And I'm pretty sure I never rolled on, on, uh, that like 20 minute improv seems. So, so like days later, Christian was like, yeah, that audio does not exist, but somehow we, I don't know how that we recovered that audio. The, ca- the camera, camera the audio. Camera yeah. It was just the scratch audio. Yeah. Crazy. So, oh, wow. well, don't you, hire me as a sound guy. Is well, that was the, a good uh, scene. If you ever need audio tips, you, you know where to call a guy. Oh, I will. Yeah. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much. I'm going I'm to mute myself and potentially disappear. Uh, but but uh, I would love yeah, to. Thanks for coming on. Let's say, before you go, where can people find yes. you online? Uh, everywhere. You just type in Eric Tabak, T A B A C H, Eric with a C, and uh, you guys can find me. Uh, anywhere on the internet. Awesome. Great. Amazing. Thank you guys. Oh, Talk thank you. you. Thank you. You still got me. Okay. So now that Eric's gone, <laughs> oh, man, you can tell, no, us, okay. you can tell the truth about how bad I'll, he was. I'll tell the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, I, when I think of like the, the nicest parts of, of making this film, it really is, is making the film with Eric uh, really was a, a special experience. I feel like he and I previous to, to our experience with, with that film unsubscribe, um, we were both working on much bigger projects independently. I, I was, I had been spending about the last three years working on uh, an independent film that we had we had uh, fully financed. We had we had uh, an incredible cast of like A-list actors from TV and film uh, that were going to be in that. Eric had just gotten uh, his own um, like reality series picked up uh, somewhere, and oh, wow. when when COVID happened, both of those projects just evaporated. And we were we were really yeah we were we were upset and creatively frustrated of all, you you put so much work into into um, evolving yourself creatively and for something to happen that's that's completely out of all of our control um, and and just kind of erase right. all the all the work that you had done it, it really was um, I mean there was a there was a lot devastating in the last. Uh, 20 months and I don't want to, 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 to ignore that, but we, we found ourselves in a, in a place where we felt like we had, we had no control and that, that maybe we didn't really know what our futures were in them. And he and I had an absurd idea about how we could make some, get some media attention by, by making a uh, silly zero budget horror film be the number one movie in the U S it, it worked somehow. <laughs> then uh, producers reached out to us, wanting us to make a bigger film, and, and then we did. And that, and now we're having conversations about about future works. And when I think of this project, I think I will always think of how Eric and I, who, who and we've been friends for for years now, how we we made a lot out of out of literally nothing. Um, and uh, it it really just took the universe challenging us. Um, for us to 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 kind of push back and and and, uh, and clear our own path. Well, I think it's it's actually a good a good story too that 
after going through something so devastating like that, you turned it around and, and made something good out of it. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was the aim. That was the aim. And uh, it, it not not to say it's been easy. It hasn't um, to, to, to get a micro budget film um, like ours to, to get to, to come together. It, it's, it's not a small feat and it takes a lot of people donating their time and donating their services to, to, to get something like that off the ground. But 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 here we are. I I just like the whole story beforehand before coming up with Dashcam that you, you guys just wanted to whether it was a a stunt or not just the the initiative of let's get this out in the theaters and let's see what numbers we get and report it and see where it goes because it, this sounds like almost a, an independent filmmaker's um, dream of being discovered yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we were lucky. Like it, it, and, and also, we could have done that and no one could have cared. Um, but we, we, we got an article in the Washington Post and then literally the next oh, wow. day, the, like literally the next day, the story was in every country that has entertainment news. Um, we were doing interviews with the Irish radio. We were on BBC. Um, Eric was interviewed because Eric is Russian. Um, he's like a Russian American. Is um, he, he was doing interviews for for Esquire Russia, and he was doing local television appearances uh, uh, virtually in in the Ukraine, and so. It really it, it blew up in in an, in an insane way. I I actually feel like I never I don't think I've 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 still at this point never fully acknowledged how crazy <laughs> that that whole thing was. Well, it, it sounds like the success that y'all are heading towards um, is only. It just sounds like it's just a hair slower than um, the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, they're those folks. Oh yeah, and what happened with them? Um, except I. You know, the only thing they didn't have going for them that you guys had you know, to, to seize an opportunity is y'all had the pandemic. Yeah. And, and, and just that, that, that just opened an opportunity for y'all to go. Now, you know, even jokingly, as you were saying, let's go have the number one film in the box office, especially when there aren't many theaters open at all. Yeah. I think, um, I think maybe that story might actually make a good movie in itself, actually. Yeah. 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 So if, if any producers want to want to make a life story for us, um, <laughs> we're down. We're, we're cheap. <laughs> and you and they got to include all the different podcast interviews you have had. So, yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> That's what I like about you, Mike. You always got an angle. <laughs> hey, I try. Guys, look where it got them. Yes, exactly. So I, I, I've learned from our guests about how to play the angle. <laughs> Just try and get that step ahead. Um, how, how have y'all, you, you mentioned the film festivals earlier. How, how have y'all been doing in the film festivals? Um, I mean, it's a, it's a small film. Uh, we also, the timing of the, of when we completed this film, we had, we had missed the cutoff of a lot of the big ones. Um, so, um, so we, we weren't able to take, to get into like the Sundances with the South by Southwest, uh, just because of when we completed the film. But, uh, yeah, we, we had our, our world premiere at, Pop, at Popcorn Frights Film Festival in Miami. Uh, it was virtual, but, um, uh, it, it was a great experience nonetheless. Um, we were, I think this last week we were in terror on the Bay in Canada. Um, we are at at fantasy um, film fest right now in, in Germany. We're going to be in the Soho film festival in London, I believe next month. Uh, the film's not, we're not released yet in the UK, but, um, that'll, that'll be happening later in the winter. 
Um, and at this point, we're, we're, we're not, I don't believe we have any distributors in Europe. So, um, so we, we might do a few more festivals in that, in that region uh, to, to build up some hype around the, around the story. Okay. Nice. I know um, for us, <clears throat> one, we, we've entered our, our podcast in a couple film festivals that have had podcast tracks. And one's the uh, Los Angeles Motion Picture Film Festival. Yeah. Uh, and they're on uh, Film Freeway. Okay. Where you can find them. I would say they may be a good avenue. Uh, I think it's yeah, another film virtual. Film great. Yeah, Film Freeway is great for, the, for finding those. Um, so what come, what's the next, what's the next project for you and Eric together? Um, we just, we have a few things, uh, probably, probably too early to, to, to announce anything, but, um, yeah, we, we're currently talking about reteaming in, uh, teaming up again in January to see if we can get another project off the ground at sometime in, tw- in 2022. Um, I would say it's not as much of a thriller as, as the idea that we're talking about. Um, uh, hopefully it's a, it's a bigger scaled story and that, uh, that will be hopefully emerging out of the pandemic. So we're able to um, <laughs> have more than one character on screen at the same time and, and, and enjoy the film <laughs> with, with other people. But uh, beyond that, I can't, I can't say too much. Okay. Good. That'll be something for us to look forward to. Yeah. When, when filming, did you have to do a lot of reporting back? To, to sag about what y'all were doing for safety precautions? We had to do it ahead of time. I had to explain like what type of uh, ventilation the the apartment that we were filming within um, had. We had to have a, um, a, a COVID uh, nurse on set to make sure that we were doing everything um, the way that it was supposed to be run. And like for us, our crew was sometimes two people or three people. And so by having other people on set, it actually felt like it was almost... Uh, like it almost felt like it was uh, going against what we should be doing. I was like, shouldn't we be having less people on set, not more? Um, but the, there were definitely <laughs> there were definitely problems. We we also had to get tested every two days. So um, yeah, there were there were a few requirements that we had there. Okay, and that sort of thing unfortunately cuts into your budget too, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, we we got a, we had a lot of people that donated a lot of their time and services. Um, you, you can, I don't think you can make a film oh, good. of this size and this budget without without some kind people. And if you look at our credits, there's there's more names in the special thanks than there are in the cast and crew. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. Um, biggest takeaway from the film for you guys, especially uh, making it during the pandemic. Biggest takeaway um, that you you shouldn't let your limitations be limitations that, that, that how can, how can your limitations strengthen the, the thing that you're working on? Um, I think approaching challenges that we had in that way. Um, I mean, we had luck with some, in some, with some of those, um, more than others, but, but I feel like whenever we approached a problem thinking like, how, how do we make this limitation a strength? Um, all of those moments only made scenes better. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, Derek, you got anything else? Um, I do. I'm trying to figure out how to word it right. <laughs> so is, is there anything that you weren't able to do that you wished you could have in the film? Um, you know, I, I think that there, okay, if, if, I, if I could have shot the film with, with a bit more money and with a, a few more resources, I think the movie would have, would have continued to build a bit more. Um, I don't think that the movie would have ended exactly where it ended. Um, right. I think that there, there would have been a little bit more of an action sequence um, I would have loved to have seen some sort of like uh, chase on the in the street um, between between Jake and that and that SUV. 
Um, oh yeah. But, but at the same time, like you, you could, you could wish all day long. It, it doesn't make too much of a difference, but yeah, like those, those are things that, that when I, when I, when I think of how could I, how could this story have improved that that's a big one for me um, that the third act could have been, uh, could have, could have built a bit longer than, than it currently, or the, or the, the way that it does in the film. I understand that. Um, we've covered a lot. Yeah, you guys ask great questions. Trying to figure, I know we got maybe one or two more. I can't figure out. Can't figure out what to say. Um, was there one scene that you guys really liked that you filmed that just did not make the cutting room floor, or that ended up on the cutting room floor, and not in the film? Um, you know, I'll be honest. I don't think. Oh, uh, yeah, there was. I mean, th- th- but nothing that we loved. I feel like if, if we loved it, it probably would have been in there. There, there were there were certain things that we had filmed that we had thought worked better than they did um and or like a lot of the editing sequences as we were editing them we realized like, oh these need to be significantly shorter like we're gonna really frustrate an audience if they're just looking at rendering screens um and a, and a series of menus um my my favorite sequence has always been the sequence when he hears steps approaching his door um and and he's he's like slowly trying to to, to do a chain lock because he he hears oh, yeah. at his door <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like playing with the door and like what i and what i love about that sequence is it was inspired by by one of my favorite films uh, it's called a man escaped and it's this film where this a man is in a prison cell but you hear all these things going out existing in the world outside but you never get you never see them and it makes his world seem really small but makes the outside world feel really big simultaneously. I always really loved that about that movie. And so that sequence in, in Dashcam, I liked, and I thought it was really creative how our sound designer really builds suspense without us ever showing you anything. You never see the person in the hallway. You never see their footsteps coming up the stairs. You never, you never see the, the, the key in the lock. But right. you experience mm-hmm. it from Jake's point of view of, of you see how he is just paralyzed with fear. And he reacts every time the sound evolves. And uh, to me, that's always felt like that, like that was the peak paranoia uh, sequence of the film. But yeah, there's, but there's, you're not seeing anything. It's all, it's happening both in sound and both in, and also in your head. Um, so yeah, that, that to me has always been one of my favorite parts of the film. I have to admit that when I was watching that scene, and he was slowly sliding the bolt in for the lock. I was like, no, no, you're making too much noise. They're going to hear you. <laughs> so yeah. I think that scene definitely had an effect on me. Yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad to hear it. Where can people find uh, the movie and you online? Yeah, so great question. Um, you can find the film, as I mentioned before, anywhere that, that you can get a, um, a, a paid stream or rental. Um, so like that's at iTunes, Voodoo. Um, Amazon Prime, Microsoft, uh, Google Play. Um, yeah, so if, if anywhere you can rent a film digitally, you will find Dashcam. And I would say that anybody that wants, that, that enjoys the film, leave us a comment. Leave us a comment on Rotten Tomatoes, on Letterboxd, on IMDb. Um, that's, how, that's how small films like this build an audience. That's, that's how um, more and more people uh, discover these type of projects. It also will help us because people are sometimes being mean to us because of the other film that's named Dashcam. And, uh, you, the other Dashcam. You, you, you'll write a wrong yeah. <laughs> by, by leaving us a comment. And as far <laughs> as finding me, um, my, my handle up across pretty much everything is 
uh, Exgen Nilsson, like Exgen, like uh, I would say it's like it's like uh, Xmas with Christmas, Exgen to Christian. Um, but yeah, Exgen Nilsson, you'll find me on Twitter, on Instagram, uh, pretty much everywhere. Excellent. Well, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, thank you again, Eric, who had cut out to go play Freddie Mercury um, <laughs> with, with a quote unquote real girlfriend. She didn't yep. come on air, so we don't we don't know. Yeah, maybe it's just like in the film. Um, yeah. <laughs> of course, we 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 just. Um, but you know, thank you to Eric for coming on as well. Um, go check out the film. Uh, as Christian said, you yeah, know, yeah, a lot of different, a lot of different streaming. Make sure it's the real dash cam and not the other dash cam. <laughs> so on that note, um, from Eric, Christian, Derek, and myself, um, ooh, I had the quote from before. Always remember that a day without anything geekdom is a day worth sleeping through. <laughs> So, um, the bad crowd you've been hanging out with is a science fiction club? This has been a Weeby Geeks production.